Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arscott coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we want to talk about how we are in the season of breaking cycles so that as we're on this journey of restoring our covenant blessing to be able to enter into the throne room with the Lord, it is remove things that would be an encumbrance to us to be able to enter into the throne room. And today we want to look in scripture at Matthew 9 verses 14 through 17 in the the um, passage where Jesus is asked from John's disciples about fasting. And, and this is just one of the parables and one of the stories within Matthew 9 that I think give a, a broader context as to the breaking away from the legalism of the time that Jesus was on the earth. And in verse 14, it goes on to say, it says, Then the disciples of John came to him, Jesus, asking, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, The attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. But no one puts a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch pulls away from the garment, and a worse tear results. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskins burst, and the wine pours out, and the wineskins were ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. And obviously, we've been talking about this a lot, as a lot of the prophetic has been coming out about this, you know, entering into this quote new new wine skin, and th- one, this is another way to look at it here, uh, is breaking away from old cycles, things that have been holding us back. And Chuck points out, and I want to bring this up to talk about this, about what is a cycle in our lives, naturally, supernaturally, that can can hold us back. And he says this, this is a quote straight from the book, um, Reordering Your Day. He says, we are in a, a season of breaking cycles. He says, let me refresh you on what a cycle is. A cycle is an interval during which a recurring sequence of events happens. It can be generational in your life, whatever the case may be. A cycle can also be periodically repeated sequence of events, sometimes that happen over and over at a certain time, same time of year, etc., stuff like that. Sometimes this is impregnated with supernatural phenomena. A cycle can be linked with time or an event and orchestrated supernaturally so a repeating wound or injustice occurs from generation to generation. And the reason we want to pray about this 
and, and open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit to reveal some things that may be hidden, that are generationally, that maybe we had no idea about. That's happened to me and my wife before with having kids, some some generational things, bloodline issues we needed to deal with that we had no idea existed came up as we went through having children and we had to break those uh, covenants that were made illegally um, with the enemy so that we could break free to have the blessing of the Lord Uh, and without getting too deep into that and so with that understanding the prayer point is it Chuck wants to point out here is do not let past legalism as we see with the old wineskin and new wineskin as one of the examples um, or financial loss, which is what a lot of people can tend to hold on to uh, keep you from pressing through and gaining new power. Pray that every old cycle that would bring you and your family decrease or destruction in the future is being broken over your life. And so that's, we, we want to pray for that. Anything that would hold us back, um, from the heart of the Father that would hold us back from being able to see what He sees, hear what He hears, and speak uh, what He's spoken to us. It would be revealed in our hearts so that we can, we can have a pure heart. And it's a, a place and a season of breaking these cycles. And then I want to play this clip from Chuck because this last Sunday he gave a good description of what's happening through this breaking of cycle seasons that we're in. So I want to play it, in, and he lays it out clearly, so I don't have to explain it. The Spirit of God spoke to me three times, one sentence. And it wasn't something I was even, it was beyond me. I don't know how to tell you. He said, don't scratch no matter how bad it itches. Don't scratch no matter how bad it itches. Don't scratch no matter how bad it itches. And you know, I, I was a little shocked. I, I didn't really know what he was saying. And so as I sought him, and as I began to just seek understanding, Brian sent me two articles. One thing about itching is itching is a sign of healing, or it's a sign of resistance. And if you itch your skin, when you feel it itching, you know, and you've hurt yourself and it's healing, you can damage yourself even more by itching it. And so we have this natural longing to scratch what is being healed. And I'm going to say it, what it really means. Not what hurts, what is being healed. We have this natural longing to help it along because we feel it. Another thing that it means is uh, when you're perplexed, you scratch your head. It's a saying, boy, I just scratched my head over that. And really what God is saying is, I'm not wanting you to understand everything. 
and you are working to understand everything. And as you strive to understand that situation you're in or the things around you, you are spending so much time that you are getting confused. So do not scratch no matter how bad it itches. And that's a great understanding of the situation we're in of breaking these cycles in, in understanding that as we, we go through this season of breaking the cycle, sometimes we have those itches, the reoccurrence of, you know, when you clean a house, sometimes it comes back seven times fold if there's nothing being replaced. And, and some of that may be even if you do replace it with the Lord, you plant something back in. The enemy's still going to come to try to come back to something that's familiar. And so it's just a reminder, something to hold on to is don't scratch, um, no matter how bad it itches, as we're breaking these cycles, maybe it's iniquities within our life, maybe it's something generationally, um, but as we move forward and to be able to restore that covenant blessing of relationship with the Lord, sometimes we have to break some things. And so with that understanding, um, we're going to go ahead and dive into the news today because there's some things that obviously is a lot going on, um, been paying attention to the news about um, the FBI, you know, uh, going after Trump allies. And I think that's important, but let's not be distracted by what some, what are somewhat bigger issues uh, to say the least and, and more important and more so in line with the heart of the father and some things we've been following. So we saw and have been seeing the, issue around the Iran nuclear deal and I want to bring this up because this is huge as the focus is over here we want to make sure we're aware of where things are at on this deal we've been following it very closely we're going to continue to follow it now over the weekend uh mentioned it briefly yesterday but when I go in, in into a little bit deeper you had a joint statement put out by France, Germany, and Britain on Saturday night criticizing Iran's conduct um, with their involvement with the nuclear deal negotiations. And they came out and said, the statement said this, it says, Unfortunately, Iran has chosen not to take advantage of this critical diplomatic opportunity, and instead, it continues to escalate its nuclear program far beyond any justification, meaning they're ignoring the negotiations, they're negotiating in bad faith, and they're running full force into building up their nuclear program. The very thing they're saying they're not, they don't have any intention of doing, they're doing. Bad faith, extremely hypocritical, and we're seeing response from both Iranian officials and Russian officials of involved in this negotiation. And the Iranian foreign minister spokesman, Nasser Kanani, said that the statement was, quote-unquote, not constructive, very interesting, and called on the three signatory countries, France, Germany, and Britain, to be more active in finding solutions to the few differences of opinion that remain. Hmm. Quite interesting. And saying that um, they regret, he regrets the, that the European powers are taking a step in the direction of Israel, 
which wants the nuclear talks to fail. Their joint statement was made in an ill-constructed manner, and the responsibility for the consequences, if any, rests with them. <laughs> How about the security of the world, not just Israel? Um, now, will Israel be more affected by this than anybody? Yes. Now, Russian's response from the Russian representative, Dmitry Yulanov, said of the negotiations with Iran and criticizing the world statement that um, it is very hasty of them to make this uh, joint statement and added that the current barrier in the talks does not constitute a serious obstacle in the negotiations. I mean, meaning the fact that he doesn't see it as a problem that Iran is going full force in developing and with enrichment of uranium, removing the IAEA's cameras that are supposed to be up there to be watchdogs and watch them and then also not answering the questions of the actual investigation that has been going on about um, mysterious uh, uranium popping up throughout the country of Iran. Now, the more alarming part for us as Americans and those who are praying for the office of the president is the statement being made from Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. He said that um, in total, he says, if we reach the agreement, I mean, if we come into an agreement with Iran, it will only be to advance our national security. Now, the question is, is what does he mean by national security? Is it what they think of national security, of getting back into this deal and hopefully, idealistically, in a utopian society, limiting what Iran can supposedly do? And not understanding the reality that they're just doing this to break off sanctions that we've been put on them? Or is it to actually secure our national security? That's that's the question here. And so, thankfully, you have France, Germany, and Britain right now publicly, diplomatically making the right statements, making the right moves. Will that hold up? Yet to be determined. Um, so something we really want to continue to pray for for this administration. Um, Blinken also said, he said, when it comes to demands outside the agreement, that they want to really remove any setbacks in the negotiation. And so whatever he means by national security here um, is quite interesting. And so we just want to continue to uh, repent for the Biden administration's stance to get back into this nuclear deal, which we've seen to be extremely bad faith, hypocritical, um, just not in the interest of not only our national security, but our ally Israel. Um, pray for the peace of Jerusalem as Israel is involved in this. Why, why would Iran even bring up Israel in these negotiations if they're not involved? Um, but then uh, then also um, intercede for people like an Anthony Blinken and other U.S. negotiators to have the fear of the Lord when making decisions on Israel and Iran because thankfully right now the other world powers that be France, Germany, and Britain are being more God-fearing than those of, of the U.S. officials as they've handed over the negotiations to Russia as Russia is the intermediary. So you see how Russia's response towards this type of statement is to push back and say, well, this is not, this is not helping the negotiations. Um, and they're France, Germany, and Britain, they're just calling a spade a spade. Like they're just saying the facts of the, of the truth of the matter. 
And so this does not bode well for not getting back into this deal uh, if Russia is siding with Iran on this. Because obviously this deal benefits Russia uh, in the long run, so something to be very, very mindful of as we have a lot of distractions going on here. Um, so we want to continue to pay attention to that issue. Now, yesterday we saw the inflation num August inflation numbers year-to-date come out. And seeing, this is interesting, because you have the Biden administration claiming, oh, we have such a great economy, bragging about um, last week's unemployment numbers, even though there were extreme problems with that, number one. And then number two, inflation year over year is at 8.3%. That is still extremely high, meaning the interest rates have not really done any, raising interest rates haven't really done anything. And the lower gas prices right now, not low gas prices, lower than have been in the recent months, is not really having an effect on the overall economy because you have rages, wages, excuse me, and in some cases some rages, wages that are still high because of the low supply of workers in the workforce due to the fact that some of them have no interest in working because of getting subsidies from the government. Um, that's one of the biggest problems there psychologically is now you create a, a workforce that no longer wants to work when the government's just been handing them something. Um, and then we obviously see the Biden administration celebrating this. But even with these numbers and the un unemployment numbers last week, that the Biden administration is claiming as good, the Fed is still looking at, some believe more than 80% high, most likely going to raise interest rates 0.75% and possibly even a whole percentage point. They need to. And Janet Yellen talks about how, well, we can do this in a soft landing. The Fed's talking about a soft landing, basically meaning no disruptions to the economy. That's not going to happen. Um, international trade is still disruptive due to supply chain issues with what's going on still in the world and with Iran and Ukraine and Russia, all that plays into how the overall economy is affected. Uh, but the last thing on this issue is that gas prices are lower right now. Um, the na national average uh, last week was two, two, um, $3.53, no, $3.71. But remember back to when uh, Biden assumed office, it was $2.38. So it's still $1.40 uh, or so higher than when he took office. And what's interesting is the outlook from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is how she has acknowledged now. She says that there still remains a quote-unquote risk of gas prices spiking, meaning that there's a high risk that gas prices will go even higher and higher than they were at the $5 average before. Uh, uh, and she says this, she says, well, it's a risk and it's a risk that we're working on the price cap to try to address. Uh, this winter, she understands the issues with the European Union, for the most part, buying Russian oil. And in addition, <laughs> they will ban the provision of services that enable Russia to ship oil by tanker, and it is possible that that could cause a spike in oil prices. You know, it could also cause a spike in oil prices. The fact that the, the federal government isn't selling 
natural gas and oil land leases and even water leases so that we can get the supply to offset the loss from Russian oil. Not, not, nothing's mentioned of that. No, it's all Russia's fault. So very, very problematic in um, the outlook and how this administration is handling things. And so something to just be fully aware of in the days ahead. And next I want to shift to really two stories. Obviously there's the FBI going after it. kind of ties into this after Trump allies. Um, But I want to look at two ways currently that we're dealing with that have been occurring for quite some time. And hopefully it'll help break down understanding of certain discussions and topics and responses from those who we may disagree with, who may disagree with us, etc. And how the look at the interactions between two sides of an argument. The first being the story of, if, I don't know if you've seen this, from Lila Rose in her taping of a show for Dr. Phil. And she was berated by a pro-abortionist in stating that, it, she says, I think you're a traitor to your own, when bringing up the case of if she thinks if a girl who's 10 years old gets raped should be able to have an abortion or not. And Lila Rose points out, she says, look, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. She says, it is horrible that that happened, but if you have an abortion, it doesn't take away the trauma of the rape. You're now, you're now amplifying the problem, and it's she handled it very, very well. Then um, she's attacked. That line comes up, I think you're a traitor to your race. Then later on in the taping, they, Dr. Phil... Lila Rose and those who are pro-abortionists have a disagreement and where Dr. Phil's taking the side of the abortionists in determining when life begins. Um, Lila Rose's stance is at conception. Dr. Phil is, well, when they have a heartbeat, et cetera, stuff like that. Basically, they're not human until they're human. Uh, it's called until they have personhood, which is just a totally made-up term um, by pro-abortionists to disenfranchise and make babies three-fifths uh, of a human like uh, unfortunately the founders did some of the founders did at the time of the Declaration of Independence and etc. stuff like that to be able to have slavery come into about. Now the reason I bring this story up and kind of outline it is Lila Rose handled it. She's not backing down. She's in this fight. But for someone who may not be in this fight as much as Lila Rose is with live action, is the attacks by those who have an opposing view is what is called soft totalitarianism. And I've, I've mentioned that before, but I want to kind of break it down here. And you have totalitarianism, and it breaks down into two different forms. Soft is something like this, where you disagree with someone, someone from an opposing view, such as this case, who's a pro-abortionist, attacks the pro-lifer, and trying to put them down, shame them into giving in to their views. If this weren't somebody, like Alila Rose, let's say in a workforce, you don't stand up to something because you're afraid of losing your job. That's soft totalitarianism right there, where you, you bend to the will of the masses, i.e. The, the what's going on with the LGBTQ plus community because, God forbid, we say anything that disagrees with them 
fear of man versus fear of God. And that's why we pray that for our leaders to have the fear of God. And so if you see this on a bunch of different issues, LGBTQ, gender, CRT, what's happening in schools, this is soft totalitarianism. And if you can get enough people to bend over to the pressure, it doesn't mean that they agree with it or not, which is what happened in Russia. You are able to use soft totalitarianism as the leader of a nation like, say, Stalin, before hard totalitarianism came into play, to be able to put pressure on people to say, if you disagree with this, we're going to take away your job, your livelihood, food, clothing, etc., stuff like that. We're not there yet, but we're getting pretty close. Um, then you see on the opposite side of the spectrum, hard totalitarianism with um, what Democrat Tim Ryan said of we need to kill and confront the MAGA movement, which the fact that he would use those um, words in combination is very alarming. Uh, what does he mean by kill and confront? Does he mean take out? Obviously, the confront is is to combat, but he he's supposed to be the moderate here of the Democrat Party, and he's showing himself to be um, just in line with the progressive side. And then you have the issue with the FBI going after Trump allies. That right there, more so what the FBI is doing, is hard totalitarianism, where they're taking action, they're trying to shut down, to shut up. Anybody that uh, uh, disagrees with their opinion, whether they are following legal precedents or have authority to do it, they do not care. What the brown shirts in Germany would have done before the Nazis came to power, even after what the Bolsheviks would have done in Russia when they came to power and mass slaughtered of innocent people who completely just disagreed with them and they took them out because of political dissent or opposition to their point of view. And so I want to lay out this soft versus hard because what happened with Lila Rose is a soft and it's happening on mass scales. Okay, you're seeing it play out in doc the showing of Dr. Phil, but... Where else does this? Where else in the corners of society is this happening that people are bending over to the pressures, i.e., the vaccine shots with what happened in COVID? There was no evidence to prove. I mean, you can go there, but some people, and even in other cases in hospitals, are told to disagree with science and what their training says and what their natural knowledge says of why they went into medicine just to go along with, well, the government gives us money, so we need to do this. They don't say anything because. They're afraid of losing their job. And I bring that out because this is this is becoming a problem and something we need to deal with. And guess where it first starts at? It starts in the church with not teaching repentance and having fear of the Lord and dealing with our sin and our issues in our life. And that's why it's important for us to break those cycles, to, to not go down that road again of being fearful of man and need to be fearful of God. And last thing uh, I want to bring up, this is... I'm absolutely brilliant move by Senator Lindsey Graham to introduce a bill for a 15-week national abortion ban in order to get America in line with the rest of the world. Because if we remember, we're in line with China as one of the worst states, countries in the world on its stance nationally on abortion with where we are, we're at with Roe v. Wade. 
Many did speak out and were fired for their integrity. Yes, but there are still those who are fearful and cause problems. This is a good point. Um, very, very good point there. And that's what it's become. That soft totalitarianism um, of what we want to, to deal with and break away and understanding that, look, we don't have to give in to these whims because we're starting to see the problems of it now. And, and so I want to bring that up because that's that's a real big issue. But this is a great move by Senator Lindsey Graham to bring up this abortion ban. Most likely won't pass, but the reason he would bring this up would be to allow candidates on the campaign trail to start having a discussion for an alternative to the push from those who are pro-abortionists as, well, we have to protect women. Um, and there's a lot in it to go through, but the reality, it's not going to pass. Um, some Republicans aren't going to go for it and, and no Democrats going to go for this and you have to have 60 votes to go for it. And so the, the, the big thing is number one, he brought it up. And as we're on the campaign trail, he wants people to be able to talk about it. But then you're seeing reports that, um, Senator Mitch McConnell and other Republicans are upset that he brought it up. Um, <laughs> and McConnell even throws shade at Lindsey Graham for even for even bringing this up. Of we don't need to talk about this. We just need to let the states decide. And that's that's part of an argument. But if there are those who are pro-abortionists who are going to bring up a bill to make um, abortion a right throughout the nation at the federal level, why not bring up an alternative? And this is a problem with what's happening in the Republican Party and, and saying that well this should be only left up to the states. But look, this is not where um, those who oppose or for abortion um, are standing. They're coming out and they're saying, look, we need to have abortion at, at a federal level. The administration is working hand over fist to make sure that this is happening, um, trying any way possible to allow a carve out for abortions to be had on federal lands. Um, any such way they're trying. And so this is a great move by Senator Lindsey Graham, just to bring it out. See where your politicians lie. See where your Republicans who say they're Christian, who say they stand for life, where exactly do you line up on this? Do you truly want to protect the life of the innocent? And part of this bill is about having, you know, a doctor present at the, at the abortion or at the procedure, if it were to take place before the 15 weeks, um, and making sure that, uh, Death outside of the womb didn't occur if the baby were viable. Um, some good things in this bill, most likely not paths. Um, pretty sure on that. But the reality is, is the best thing about this is that this will now allow can candidates to offer an alternative to what is being proposed by this administration and those who align with the pro-abortion stance and, and, and get Americans to see where their candidates lie and, and on this issue. And so we just want to continue on the totalitarian issue, soft versus hard, and this abortion issue by Bill, anti-abortion bill by Lindsey Graham, intercede for voters to have the fear of the Lord, to ask these questions of their candidates, to, to look at candidates on the right and on the left of do they stand for freedom? Do they stand for more biblical moral, moral values? How about just moral values to begin with? Um... And obviously more so in line with the Lord, have the fear of the Lord. Because this next election will could possibly neuter this administration and allow freedom to have a chance in the future as we're seeing the FBI make steps 
active steps towards hard totalitarianism, which is not a positive thing in any direction. And, you know, for those who did speak out and lost their their jobs for integrity is it's now you're putting your your faith and trust in the lord and there are those who do, who did it and were threatened and because they were then threatened with their job were able to reestablish freedoms that were there in the first place and, and there are organizations to help deal with this the aclj alliance defending freedom liberty council just to name a few who can help these people um if they've lost their job and were fired discriminately you're seeing that happen across the country where nurses or doctors lost their jobs and then they they countersued and said you fired me wrongfully um and, and those are the type of things that need to start happening with people to stand up for their rights because it goes back to the martin neomuller strategy uh or quote of look at first they came for the jews i didn't say nothing at first they came for you know goes down the list and then they came for the christians and then there was no one left to defend me it is now's the time to defend everybody and their freedoms that the Lord allows us to have and not to continue to go down this soft totalitarian road into what will be a hard totalitarian road of um, possibly, I mean, you never know, things that happen in, in 1930s, 40s Germany, 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even early 90s Russia with Stalin and the preceding leaders after that so um, something to be very mindful of as we want to be aware of history so blessings to each and every one of you thank you for following along staying engaged praying for this nation and the office of the president and don't forget we have our noon prayer today at christian center and our service tonight continuing on the this this journey of reviving the stokes of restoration and reformation and revival for this nation. Uh, don't be don't forget to share, like, subscribe wherever you're listening, watching from, and leave a five star review for listening on podcasts. So blessings to each and every one of you, and I will see you guys later. Have a good one.